Welcome to episode 82 of the Ask Achieve show where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be discussing push-ups after pregnancy, strength training workouts for fat loss, how long you should hold a plank for, and if distance running will hurt your strength gains. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. This is our first live recording. We have a huge audience of one. Lauren's mom is in the living room right now. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean live recording? <laughs> and we're doing it live. Doing it live. To an audience. Um, and I mean, this, this, it comes full circle because Lauren's mom was probably the only listener when we first started out. So, <laughs> only only listener and the only person that asked questions. So <laughs> Yeah, we had to be like, this one's from Leslie and this one's from uh, another Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but she's our she's our number one fan. So and yeah. today our plan is after the podcast our plan is to make a bunch of um, chili and meatballs and a bunch of different things that we can freeze so that when the baby comes we have food to quickly grab and heat up. I thought that was just for me for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> just you guys were really going out of your way to to celebrate me today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> um, yeah. So, cool. like we said on Monday, we're still here. So that means we're the baby has here. not arrived, um, we're or we're still we're podcasting. But maybe next week. Yeah, people at the gym. Break. People at the gym keep being like, "I hope we don't see you next week." Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope something very. Life-altering happens this weekend. <laughs> I know. We hope so, too. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the question. So the first one is from Brenna Harmala, and she asks, what are some things to strengthen myself to do push-ups? I used to be a three-sport athlete as fit as ever. After having a baby, I didn't pick up into working out right away, and now even four months later, I would like to build the muscle and have the strength to do some push-ups again and also proper form. Um, so this is a really good question, and I totally understand why – push-ups would be hard for her now. Mm-hmm. Um, even if she could do them in the past, the biggest change after you have a baby to your like physical fitness is your is your core strength. And basically, not even just strength, but your core functioning overall. Um, and if you think about a push-up, everybody thinks about it as an upper body exercise, but really push-ups are mostly a core exercise. Yeah. Um, you have to have a decently strong upper body, but if you can't stabilize through your core, through your trunk, um, you're, you're just not going to have a lot of success with push-ups. So the main thing that I would recommend for her is not to necessarily just keep working on push-ups or form with push-ups. It's actually to take a few steps back and work on some just core exercises that work on also repairing some of the, the basically damage that was done from, from yeah. pregnancy. Um, almost everybody, every woman experiences some form, some amount of diastasis, which is like a separation of your abdominal wall that you can bring back together with the right exercises. Um, but if you don't address that and you don't really do the exercises to bring it back together, you can always feel like you're a little bit weaker in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you I, do this? I think, um, you know, I think something that has been brought to our attentions a little bit more these days is the importance of having a pelvic floor PT after birth. Mm. Um, is that something that you would recommend kind of like across the board? 
Yeah, I definitely would recommend it across the board. And it's never too late to go to public floor PT either. Mm. So a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't go right away, so should I even bother? Um, but we've had people go like years after, um, and they find that they actually have some pelvic floor dysfunction that they can start to work on. And your pelvic floor is the basically the bottom of your core. Like When you think about core, core isn't a real thing. Like The word core, is it's an all-encompassing term for a lot of different parts of your torso and your trunk. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yep. And so when you think about your core, it's kind of broken down into different parts and the pelvic floor is like the bottom of it. If you think about it as a cylinder, the pelvic floor is the bottom, your diaphragm is the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two things, people don't really consider those two things the core yeah. all the time. They think about the rectus abdominis and like the, the muscles that you can see, yeah, the six exactly. pack muscles. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people, especially in fitness, the six pack muscles are going to be basically synonymous with core, right? And so what we try to bring a little bit more into uh, the equation with is breathing, talking about breathing and make sure we incorporate diaphragmatic breathing into your uh, overall core program in order to uh, make sure it's a little bit more comprehensive. But I think kind of the next foray, hopefully with fitness is going to be a little bit more about pelvic floor because just to bring it all full circle. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So trying to find some, it's hard to, pelvic floor exercises are a little hard to explain via um, audio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of something that you do need to work with someone on. Um, and everybody's going to have some slightly different needs when it comes to what they actually have to work on. Um, but seeing a pelvic floor PT is, is highly, highly recommended. And mm-hmm. they can also test you for diastasis. So they can test to see if you still have some separation in your abdominal wall. And if you do, they can give you some exercises for how to work on, um, bringing that back together. And some exercises that we talk about a lot are like dead bugs and marching, like wall marching or supine marching. If you look up any of those exercises, I'm sure we have some of them on our YouTube yeah, absolutely. channel. Um, those are definitely some of the places that we would say to start with starting to repair those muscles and, and also incorporating good breathing mechanics along with those exercises. It's going to be important to pull those two things together. Yeah, I think um, you actually created a um, complete guide to push-ups on our YouTube channel. It covers breathing and covers marching exercises and then finally covers how to progress from a incline push-up all the way down to a floor push-up so that that'll take care of you know everything from that whole spectrum yeah yeah um but i would say to to brenna just don't get um frustrated by the fact that you feel like you might have gotten quote unquote like weaker Mm. um because it's not even that you're weaker necessarily it's just that your body went through something fairly traumatic and i mean four months is not that long Mm. to not have worked out totally yeah so in the grand scheme of things you can get that you can get your push-ups back fairly quickly if you work on the right things, the things that are actually what are preventing you from being able to do push-ups, which I would imagine would be some of those core. Yeah, I think that's super important just to have that mindset. I mean, it's very similar to, you know, if someone tears their ACL and they're trying to get back into squats, like it's just like both things are very traumatic and you want to make sure that you allow yourself time to make sure that you recuperate and just be patient with the process. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Next question is from Nadj. Naj underscore Tash. Um, she said, Hey guys, love the, love your posts. It's really helped me a lot. Just wondering, would you guys consider doing a post on general workout regime for beginners for fat loss? I'm stumbling around in the gym. There's a lot of info out there, but none teach how to put together proper exercise combination. Heck, I just throw together different exercises per body part and pray for fat loss. Please do one. Thanks. <laughs> um, this is a really good question, especially because there's so many, there's so much information out there that's like, try this fat burning circuit and try this like fat melting hit workout. And everything is like, it's like you need a very special workout in order to lose fat and lose weight. 
Um, and for us at Achieve, it's actually interesting. What we do is 80% of the same exercises, maybe even 90% of the same exercises, same set and rep schemes, whether or not the person wants to lose weight or gain muscle. The, the other half of the equation is the person's nutrition plan, right? right? And so right. if they are eating in a way that they're in a caloric surplus, then they'll eventually gain muscle. If they're in more of a caloric deficit, they'll be more likely to lose weight. So the nutrition aspect is going to be um, going to play a very large factor into it. And our strength training program is just pretty much 89% the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you and I do very similar workouts, yeah. I would say. Very. But my goal is not to be as big as you and yours mm -hmm. isn't to be as small as me. But like right. the, because we're both focusing on building muscle and, and maintaining a certain amount of muscle, which is the main goal in terms of just like overall fitness and and maintaining sort of our the metabolic rate that we that we want yeah then we just do different things with nutrition such as i have smaller portions than you you probably have more you put creatine creatine in your shakes and yeah. like just like little things here and there manipulation in our diet that makes our results look very different even though our workouts actually look very very similar yeah very similar um and yeah it's like it if you look at our YouTube channel, again, we'll talk about our YouTube channel. Um, we've got two total body workouts, one for beginner folks and one for more intermediate folks. And it goes through squatting variations, deadlifting variations, lunging, pushing, and pulling. And these are just fundamental movement patterns that every human goes through. And that's what we want to train from just a total functionality standpoint. And now you just need to use your nutrition to map towards whatever aesthetic goals that you might have. But yeah, we always try to factor in those general movement patterns in order to encompass just an overall better functioning athletic human being. Yeah. And it's going to be really easy to get sucked into like articles or headlines that are like, that are sexy and they pull you in and they're like, oh, like try this fat burning exercise or do this fat burning workout. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a fat burning workout. Yeah. Um, or like a weight loss workout. A workout is it burns calories and you build muscle if you're doing a strength training workout and that like that's it. There's yeah. no special magic pill to take or a special magic combination of exercises that are going to make you lose fat. Um, it's consistency. Mm -hmm. So number one would just be consistently working out and yeah. consistently getting to the gym. And then it's building muscle. So trying to focus on strength training and then it's, it's your diet, um, and nutrition being probably the biggest factor in any sort of fat loss goal. Yeah. And then, um, as far as like rep schemes go for most people with our members, we go anywhere from, let's say one to six repetitions during our strength phases. And then sometimes we'll go more towards eight to 12 repetitions during our more hypertrophy, more work capacity type phases. And we like to alternate between these two phases because we don't want, want to be in a situation where we plateau. We want to make sure that we're constantly just pushing beyond that. Um, now, if someone was just purely going for fat loss instead of just purely for muscle gain, then we might not stick too much along those one to three repetition ranges because you know that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for absolute max strength. And so we skew those reps slightly higher and we might include some more HIIT workouts at the end. It's like five to 10 minutes of being a little bit more metabolic. But really beyond that, we keep it pretty much the same identical way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, and in terms of exercise combinations, um, that's, a, that's a really good question too. And I think that YouTube channel kind of covers, or the YouTube video kind of covers how to put together yeah. an all-encompassing <clears throat> workout. The main thing I would say is when you're trying to put together a workout, 
if you if fat loss is the goal, one thing I would recommend is not choosing exercises that are um, smaller isolation exercises. Mm. We've talked about that before. So yeah. not choosing things like bicep curls or tricep extensions where it's only working one very small muscle group at a time, but instead doing total body exercises. So things that are going to be using many muscles at the same time, your entire body's working because it's going to have a bigger, like a more dramatic effect overall. Yeah. Um, you're going to burn more calories. You're going to gain more muscle in like systemically as opposed to just in one little area of your body. Right. Absolutely. Um, so. And then I think one final point to make is to trying to avoid chasing a feeling of feeling like you got really like your butt kicked basically. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why some of these, um, like high intensity workouts become so popular is because it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to die after the workout. It must be super effective and I must be just melting fat away. <laughs> and it's a, uh, you know, it's a common thing and it definitely feels like it. It feels at the time you're like, oh man, like I'm really getting a good workout, but you want to just make sure that whatever workout you're pursuing is going to be sustainable. And because consistency is going to be the most important part of it. And then not only that, we also want to make sure that whatever workout you're doing also lends itself to uh, developing lean muscle mass because lean muscle mass is going to be the backbone of what your metabolic resting rate is going to be or resting metabolic rate is going to be. <laughs> and so like we could, we could give all of our members, okay, you're going to do a thousand burpees right now. And that's going to give them a really good workout initially, but that's not sustainable. It's not, they're going to, they're going to burn out and it doesn't develop muscle in the way that we want it to as well. Yeah. So um, just avoiding chasing the feeling of feeling like you got worked out, but actually doing things productive to make sure that you increase strength and increase consistency over the long term. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, there's nothing else in life that we do that with except for workouts. Like, I was thinking, I was just trying yeah. to think of any other scenario where we think about like it's only successful if we've gone all out. Like, if we're studying for a test or something, <laughs> and we're like, I only feel like I did a good job if I like fried my brain. I stayed up all night, <laughs> and then you go to the test the next day, and like that's never the right strategy. Yeah, like, absolutely. you always know that's not going to be the way to do it. But we do that with workouts for some reason. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting, but <laughs> great point. Um, all right, so hopefully that hopefully that helps put some some things into perspective, and hopefully you can go find those videos on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, all right, number three, we have four questions today. Oh, bonus. Bonus. Special um, live edition show. <laughs> Say hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> um, so this one is from More of Vaughn, and they said, hello, love y'all's page. I wonder where they're from. Uh, the content is super easy to follow and great pointers for amateur lifters for people like me and who just want to feel more comfortable lifting. Quick question though. Does long distance running hurt your ability to increase your squat slash deadlift numbers? Um, yeah, this is a, another really good question. And a common, and common one too. A super common one and definitely one that I was under the impression of when I first started lifting. I was like, okay, if I am doing strength training and I do any sort of cardio whatsoever, all of my strength gains suddenly get sapped and I just lose all my muscle mass, I get into a catabolic state and all these, you know, things. Um, more recently, um, it has become very, uh, very, uh, what am I trying to say? Clear? Clear that that's, <laughs> <laughs> that that's not the case. And actually adding in one to two low intensity aerobic days would actually increase your ability um, to develop strength over the long term because the greater your aerobic capacity is, the greater your ability to recover from your workouts and also the greater your ability to recover in between sets, which means that you can push at a little bit um, 
faster tempo. You can, uh, if you are able to recuperate in between sets more, that means you can have a better output for your next set. So all these things lend itself to providing a better stimulus and better environment for your body to adapt to, you know, a strength setting. So about one to two times of aerobic conditioning a week is actually going to be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do three to four to five days of aerobic conditioning, I, I don't think that's necessarily the greatest um, approach to go about doing it. Um, if I, you're trying to work on also squat, squat and deadlift. Yeah, yeah. If you if, if that's your, if primary, your primary focus, focus your primary yeah. goal, then I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, but one to two times a week, I would say is going to be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely tough if you are somebody who has just like many different types of, many different goals. And yeah, a lot of people true. do. They're like, I want to run a marathon, but I also want to squat and deadlift. And yeah. like, that's fine. And you can do them both, but it's going to be hard to, to excel at both of those at the same time. So usually one of those things should be like in support of the other. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, if you're a long distance runner, we would definitely recommend doing one to two strength training workouts a week. If you're a strength athlete, we'd recommend doing one to two aerobic exercises a right. week or workouts a week. So if you want to, usually you just have to pick which one you want your, your priorities to, to lie in and then use the other one to enhance it. Yeah. And, and it absolutely can enhance it. I don't think it takes, we don't think it takes away from it. Um, but you, it's very difficult to be excellent at both. Yeah. Unless like that's your full-time job. Like some of these cross CrossFit right. athletes are like, that's their full-time job to train three, four, times a day for multiple hours at a time and then their recovery is just purely eating and sleeping so um, if that's the case then then by all means you can do that but for the vast majority of us that's not going to be the case and so yeah you just need to put figure out what your priorities are and make sure that you uh, prioritize them <laughs> <laughs> perfect all right awesome and then our last question comes from jack.gordon and he said in your opinion, what is the longest you want to be holding a front plank? Does reps or length of hold provide better results? Mm. Yeah, this one I think has been skewed a little bit. I, I think you see like all those videos that pop up, viral videos of Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Like this person held their plank for six hours. It was <laughs> like, like the last guy, the most recent guy was like 20 hours or something. Was, it, was, it, was, it was something ridiculous. Like he must have had to have a snack. Like yeah. did he get fed? <laughs> I, I saw the video footage and it was pretty boring footage as you can imagine. <laughs> And the guy was just like dripping in sweat. I'm like, oh my God, like how can you motivate yourself to hold that position <laughs> for that long? Um, so what we think is that uh, most people ideally, if they should be able to have the capacity to hold a one to two minute plank, somewhere around there. Um, we think that from a training standpoint, if you are holding planks for longer than 30 to 45 seconds or so, we think that there will be more benefit from utilizing exercises that challenge you a little bit more. Would yeah. Would you say that? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, as soon as we get to like the 30 to 45 seconds, like Jason said, with our members, we usually either progress to a more difficult plank variation or just a more difficult core exercise altogether. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of ways that you can make a, <coughs> a simple plank more difficult um, just by like losing not losing an arm, but <laughs> lifting an arm, um, like picking, picking one arm up and reaching it out in front of you and then doing that like alternating arms like that. So you're basically taking away one piece of the, of your base of support, um, to make it a little bit more challenging. You yeah, could you put weighted plank, weight on your back. Yeah. You can do a foot elevated plank. Um, and yeah, do like leg lifts or arm lifts or whatever. Um, you can also make it a little bit more challenging by putting your feet on bow slides or furniture sliders and sliding back and forth in that while maintaining that plank position. So there are plenty of different ways and alternatives that you can use to still get a really strong core benefit, but not just like 
hang out in that plank position for that long. Um, the reason why we like that 30 to 45 second window as kind of a minimum is because a lot of our strength exercises, if you do a set of eight to 10 to 12 repetitions, more than likely that set will be over in about 30 to 45 seconds. So we wanna make sure that people have the endurance to actually hold that um, you know, core tension that long. Um, but yeah, beyond that, uh, you start to get a little bit of a diminishing returns effect. However, I, I will say, or we will say that um, having the capacity to hold a plank for about a minute and a half, two minutes is important. It's just not um, something that you should just train every single yeah, time. Yeah, training it all the time is going to become, it's like, it's kind of like running, like where you, if you just keep adding miles on, eventually, yeah. like either you kind of get hurt or you get bored or like, there's just kind of like, it gets, it gets like Jason said, diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of runners have to do things like intervals and sprints mm -hmm. and tempo runs and different things to try to continue to spur progress. So instead of just adding on time, they do different methods of still making progress, but in different ways. And that's kind of the same thing we're talking about here. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, those are all of our answers that we have to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting those. And if you have any burning questions for us, you can submit them to us on Instagram. Send them. Send us a DM at Achieve Fitness Boston. And if you like what you hear and you enjoy this podcast, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be super appreciated. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.